heavens declare the glory of the Lord, and the firmament show your handwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and might unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard, and yet the Bible says, their voice is heard even to the ends of the earth. You who spoke to us yesterday, confirming yourself today, manifesting yourself tomorrow, we give you the praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' holy name we had worshipped. Tell the song beside you and welcome them in the name of Jesus. Can you reduce your master please? Hallelujah forevermore. Amen and amen and amen. Please let's be seated in the heavenly places. While it was wonderful yesterday, the impartation that we received, I wrote a volume yesterday. You know, one of the things that I wrote yesterday is religious spirit is different from the spirit of revelation. You could be religious, but you may not have revelation. The spirit of revelation. And the distinction between servants and servitude. I learned from the Lord, everything we got came from God. Everything that we got can increase. Our ability to manage it is the key to the success. You will give account of your stewardship. I also wrote something very, very exposing. The book of Matthew 6, 1 to 34. Where Jesus spoke about serving through the giving, giving, you know, your personal giving, service through prayer, serving through fasting. And when I looked down further, I saw hope and also trust. Having a solid hope for tomorrow. That everything you are doing hangs on the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So that you are working your t- tomorrow today. That is interesting. Anyway, I also, I also learned something from Pastor when he spoke about nature, nurture, and culture. It happened that uh, it will be, it will be, I'll be using that in my reports that I'm submitting this weekend because I've been looking at corporate failure, the reason why corporations fail, the reason why all the big institutions fail. And I discovered that it is because of the nature that they have, you know, operating in, all right, which came from the culture of their practice. And some of them, because of that culture, and it's an old culture they couldn't change. And to stop corporate failure and enhance an organization to be uh, successful, they have to change the nature. They have to change their culture. And it can only come by nurturing them, reorienting them. And I think that is applicable to church too. People come from various churches to join churches who have had a particular way of doing things which is sincere but sincerely unscriptural or a particular way of reasoning 
sincere but sincerely wrong. And so because of those nature and culture, they just remain where they are. Some are frustrated and not stop. And what we do here is to nurture them so that they can re- be reoriented. That is, taking their focus from myths and beliefs that have no biblical basis so that everything they do will be centered on the word of God. Once a Christian gets that, forget it. Everything will change and turn around. Success is easy when you work according to the written word. So many other things I learned, I won't tell you. I think you remember the farmer, the soldier, and the athlete. Beautiful. So, we are so privileged tonight. I know that uh, a good number of traffic uh, have been contending with us. And um, the man of God himself was held back in, in uh, traffic while he was coming. And that's the reason why he was late. But all things work for good. Reverend Kola Woshu, because of those of you who are not here yesterday, is a proven man of God. And um, his ministry started from Nigeria. But that ministry has spread over into various nations. And um, yesterday he told us about his work in Kano and how the Lord brought him into the ministry. And the name of the ministry is Fountain of Wisdom Ministries. This is a ministry that is uh, committed to raising leaders. And we were blessed yesterday by the knowledge, the wealth of knowledge that God imputed in him. I always wish that the whole members of this church are in a meeting like this. You know, but you see, <laughs> when Jesus will come, two women will be grinding in the field, one will be taken, and one will be left behind. May we be among the ones that will be taken. I can't hear your amen. Now, I want us to stand up on our feet and welcome to the podium the presiding bishop of wisdom, a fountain of wisdom, ministries, Reverend Kola Ewosho. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good evening, everyone. Well, I am humbled when I see a man who I look up to gone ahead of me telling me what he learned from me. Then that tells me he's a man that is worth following. You know why? That's the mark of humility. Many men learn from others, but they don't disclose what they learned. They just say, well, we thank God for him. But for him to narrate what he learned, that tells me that, A, I'm in the right place. Amen. (laughs) Because humility is one of the yardsticks of of a Christian leader that will stand the test of time. I'm not one to praise people, but when I see a commendable display of Christ-likeness, I commend it. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much for having me, and thank you all for being here today. It has been my joy and an honor for this invitation to come. And I pray that God will open our eyes, open our understanding. We can plug into the things that God is saying. Let us pray.
Father, we thank you so much for this gathering. Thank you that the gathering of your people is unto you. So I humble myself under your mighty hand, O God, and I ask you to anoint me afresh. Let your word go forth with accuracy and power. Let you do an eternal work in the hearts and lives of your people. Let Jesus Christ be glorified. Let the saints be edified. And I ask you to impart grace that we not just be hearers only, but doers of the things we hear. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the people say loud, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good evening once again. I celebrate you all for overcoming all the traffic. (laughs) Amen. My subject today is actually Christian leadership. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to merge the subjects, the things I did not finish yesterday, and the things that we're talking about today. Is that all right? One brother came up and said I was too fast. Who is that brother? Well, you're the one. Well, how can I get slower? I should just take on, go on. Okay. Because my heart goes out. If there's anything that God used to quicken me for ministry, is that one day on campus, I sat in a fellowship. And one person came to give a special number. In those days, I just saw myself as an intercessor, not a minister. And God spoke to me. He said, many of my people are not going to fulfill the destiny that I have for them. Mm. I said, why? He didn't answer. He said, that's why I'm putting a call on you. This was much years, many years later. I just thought it was a prayer point. He said, this lady was given a special number. Everybody was getting blessed. And in my heart, I had a burden. And he says, many of my people will not fulfill that destiny. So my heart was beginning to bleed and I said, I prayed. So in another time, maybe a year later, I attended a conference where they were teaching about gifts and callings. Then that's when I understood that when God spoke that in my heart, it was waking up a calling in my heart to go equip his people. It says, create a forum where my people can flow with me in understanding. And I found out that many people don't bother with understanding. They just want to do what they want to do. Is that not true? And that's why I began to understand religious spirits. Hello, somebody. I began to understand what? Religious spirits. If you heard now and God said, this is the last church you will pastor, what would be the first thing that comes in your mind? Talk to me. If you are being called to be a pastor and you heard from God, this is the last church you will pastor, what will come to your mind? That you will die soon. True or false? What else will come to your mind? That God will have you pastor that church forever. True or false? Meanwhile, in the mind of God, he's trying to tell you, pastoring is not the final calling I have for you. Can you see the difference now? And this is the problem with the church. We interpret things according to our own understanding. We don't interpret them according to his understanding. So that's why the nature, nurture, and culture is so important. Am I talking to somebody? How many of you know everybody here has been cultured? We all have our nature, and we have been nurtured. True or false? True or false? So as you are looking at me now, you are already from some things about your life that if you don't want to change it, nobody can change it. Am I talking? And you can, you know what? All of us like to be accepted in any group. Is that not true? So we do what I call external conformity. Talk to me. This is how they do in CFT. Does that change who you are? 
That's why you're no longer around where those people are. Your true color shows up. Yes, and they said, but I thought he was a Christian. No. Mm. He looked like a Christian. Yeah. He wasn't. Mm. Religion is external conformity. Mm-hmm. Christianity is a relationship with God that produces revelation. Am I talking to somebody? And let me give you this one free of charge, I call it, because it's not part of my notes. When Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, in Matthew 16, what did Jesus say to him? Flesh and blood has not done what? And what else did he say? Your name is so and so to be changed. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell. Which rock was he talking about? Talk to me. Which rock? Was it the rock of Peter? Because the word Petros meant small, small rock. Small stone. So if it was Jesus, then what did he mean that upon this rock? That means upon the revelation of who Jesus is, is what he builds his church on. Hello? That meant why Paul was saying in Ephesians 1, that God will grant unto us, what? The spirit of wisdom and what? In the knowledge of him. Watch that. That means that there is knowledge. Is it true? Of God. Then it says revelation in that knowledge. I'm not sure you heard me. She likes to what I mean. It says God will grant unto you the spirit of what? And in. Okay, this one is NIV. Aha. That God of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in what? So that means you have knowledge of him. Then he grants you revelation yeah. in that knowledge. That's right. I'm not sure you heard me. Yeah. Should I say it one more time? How many of you know that by his stripes you are healed? Do you know you can have a revelation in that knowledge? Yeah. How many of you know my God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory? Do you know you can have a revelation in that knowledge? Yeah. Did you catch what I'm saying? So it's one thing to have the knowledge. It's another thing to have the revelation in that knowledge. Because when Peter said, you are the Christ, son of the living God, he had been doing some miracles. So what did he mean by flesh and blood did not reveal that to you? So how did you know there are different kinds of knowledge? Am I talking here? Mm-hmm. There's what we have, head knowledge. Ever say head knowledge. Mm-hmm. Head knowledge is what you acquire in school. When you read the Bible with head knowledge, you are seeing black and white. True or false? Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus is wonderful. Jesus is powerful. That's still head knowledge. But the day it becomes revealed knowledge to you, mm-hmm. your life will never be the same again. Right. Is somebody hearing me? Mm-hmm. I can tell you testimony after testimony in my own life. When God revealed to me that he is truly my source, he supplies all my need, according to his riches and glory. I can give, let me give you the testimony of that, free of charge. Is that alright? As a young pastor, I was about to get married. And my heart was on the field. My heart has always been on the field. So I went to preach somewhere else in Nigeria, and I gave my last suit to the pastor. I was to get married that year. Now I had no suit. Hello? That tells you what I believe in giving. I give until it hurts. 
Then that's another matter. Now, I came back to our office, church office. I was inquiring with the brother who was in charge. He was just trying to give me the gist that, well, nothing happened. Because what you don't know is that when that church started, I was single. And there was one Sunday I was alone. Did you hear me? How many of you like a church where you are alone on a Sunday? Ouch. I came, it was a primary school we were using, and I showed up there and nobody else showed up. Of course, I wasn't married, so nobody else was committed. You know what I did on that day? I said, God said, when the earth was without form and void, he said, let there be light. I look at you without form and void, and I say, word of faith, I call you forth in the land of Canaan. Am I talking? Today, that church is a household name, planting churches all over Nigeria. It's called Word of Faith Christian Center, Kano. So with that kind of background, I want you to understand, when I came, because we moved 12 times, like I told you, in two years. So when I came from that trip, I haven't given my last suit, and I'm getting married that year, the brother was trying to tell me that nothing different happened. Everything was dry and dull. So I left. As a pastor, I went to visit a few people. As I stepped out of the office, the Holy Ghost asked me a question. In all your complaining inside, has it stopped my ability to meet your needs? I said, what do you mean? He said, did I not say I will supply all your need according to my riches and glory? I said, you said so. Then he gave me a mental picture of two cylinders with one pipe connected. One of them was his supply. The other was my need. That whenever there is a lowering in my own cylinder, a refilling comes. That insight is not just the mental picture I'm talking about revelation. Something happened inside me that I knew beyond a shadow of doubt that my God supplies. When I went to visit, I was just busy, you know, rejoicing with them. All of them were telling me testimonies of what God was doing. Mm. When I came back to the office, my joy level had gone up. Yeah. Nothing physically had happened. My excitement was contagious. Mm-hmm. But the brother was now thinking, maybe somebody gave me money. Mm. And I knew that if I allowed him to ask me that question, I would not tell a lie. So I began to say all kinds of things so he won't ask me the question. <laughs> I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. In that same hour, somebody knocked the office door and said, Pastor Collar, can I see you? I went out. The lady said, if I gave you money, what would you use it for? I said, whatever you say we want to use, we are giving it for, that's what we're going to use it for. He said, I'm giving this for your wedding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The bundle was this high. Uh-huh. I brought it into the office, mm-hmm. and we began to count. Mm-hmm. And all I could say is, God is too much. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Am I talking here? Yeah. From that day till now, I told people in those days, I said, take everything I've got, just give me my Bible. Uh-huh. If I land in the middle of a desert, yeah. my God shall supply all my needs. Yeah. You know, I'm sharing that testimony with you. I want you to know the difference between knowing the Bible mm-hmm. and having a revelation yes. of it. That's right. Am I talking here? Yes, the day you have a revelation that by His stripes you are healed, that's the end of sickness. Yes. 
Because it is no longer a knowledge in the Bible, it is now your knowledge. It has come to you with redemptive power. That's what revelation is. It comes, where do you think Paul got all the things he got in the Bible? Paul didn't have a, a physical relationship with Jesus, did he? No. How did he come into contact with the things he wrote? Revelation. Revelation. And he wrote it with such confidence, such conviction, that you would think that he, you know the people who saw Jesus didn't have that level of revelation. So when you pray the prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians, pray with meaning that God will grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the that the knowledge you have, you need revelation in it. Let's bow our heads to pray that prayer. Father, we thank you. I want you to talk to God right now. Ask God to grant you revelation in the knowledge you already have. Know that you know that you know you're a new creature. But if you still just know it like everybody else knows it, it is still, well, you know, walking 24-7 in the presence of the Father, so I cannot tolerate sin even in my thoughts. That's what Revelation does. I'm not knowledge. I'm not dealing with knowledge generally revealed to you. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm a new creature. You know what that tells me? Goodness and mercy are the names of two angels. They follow me. Because then, you see, you are marked from heaven. Heaven recognizes all those who are his. So angels are assigned to you. Hello. And all you need is to declare the word of God and angels are on hand to fulfill it. But you don't know. So you are busy complaining about what you are going through instead of declaring what you should be having. Let the Lord grant you understanding. Yeah. Well, it's a joy to be here today again. <laughs> yes, sir. It's a joy. It's a joy. My, my heart is exploding with joy because I believe that God is doing something new in your life. I remember when I first saw the apostle and I listened to him, I'm like, what kind of man is this? The profoundness with it, he opens the scriptures. I was combining that with my own little knowledge of the Bible. I'm like, this guy has gone ahead. Wow. What do you think makes him so bold to stand before demonics and declare the word of God and the power of God is mm-hmm. confirming it? Mm-hmm. That grace, all of you should tap into it. Because yeah. that's why you are part of the local church. Yeah. But if you don't enter into it through revelation, you will be looking at him and say, Ah, Babajo is too much. Not knowing that it's available to you. Am I talking here? It's when I hear that, how can a man be so bold and stand before the demonics? As if they don't exist. As if they cannot touch him. It is the power of revelation. Revelation of his calling, revelation of who he is in Christ. Some of that is yours for the taking. Some of you are just looking at me like, we know we have a man that has the power of God. What about you? Hello? Did the Bible say you lay hands on the sick and they recover? Uh So how many people have you been laying hands on lately? Ah, we just bring them to the pastor. No, you don't need a title to lay hands. Mm. 
Did you hear me? Okay, let me do a test. How many of you have laid hands on the sick in the last one month? See how few? Can you see how few? So why, why are you not all laying? Are there not sick people around you? You say, well, I'm not holy enough. From today, don't talk like that again. Can I hear an amen? amen? How many of you have prayed about something before and a thought occurred to you? What have you done for the Lord? For the Lord to do this for you? Let me see your hands. <laughs> what have you done for the Lord? So you should ask yourself, the thing you are praying for, is it part of what Jesus died to make available? Am I talking? Yes. If it is sickness and healing, you don't need to be holy enough to receive healing. Because he did the job, you do the receiving. Am I talking? You know why I'm giving you all this example? So you understand religious thoughts when they come. You see, they are religious because they have every connotation of the true thing. But they are not based on the word of God. Am I talking? Okay, when are you going to do enough for God to bless you? Talk to me. Would you ever get to the point where you say, <laughs> in fact, I've done enough. When are you going to get there? Those of you who put up your hand, have you ever gotten there yet? You will never get there. You'll never get there. So don't even bother going down that path. You know why? On the basis of the finished work of Calvary, Christ has made some things available to you. All you need to do is believe it in your heart and receive it. Say amen. But if it's that easy, how come many people have not been believed? Because religious devils know how to stop people from taking the things God has given them. They're all over the place. Where do you think I got the idea from? Have you been holy enough for God to bless you? It's a religious devil that sounds like that. But does it not sound scriptural? Does it not sound Christian? Talk to me. Does it not sound Christian? But that's a religious devil who has camouflaged and taken some portions of the Bible just to confuse some people. But God has set you free today. I said God has set you free today. I said God has set you free today. That's why I'm saying this so you understand nature, not your culture. You see, when people got born again, the environment that they got born again into informs how they relate with God. Am I talking? If you got born again into an environment when they say, your victory is when you get to heaven. So you will suffer through life until you get to heaven. Is it true? If you got born again in a place where they say, we are all worms. We are nobody. You see how holy it sounds? We are nobody. Nothing. Religious devils are accommodating you. When they now inflict you with sickness and disease, and you now want to develop the faith and confidence to pray about it, that you are nothing will come back to you. And they will tell you, you are not good enough for God to do this for you. Are you getting delivered now? You need to get acquainted with the spirit of the word of God. So you stop allowing religious devils destroy what Jesus has made available for you. He, how many of you, okay, let me ask this last question and I will get back into what I want to say today. How many of you will pray? If somebody comes up and says, Pastor, pray for me, I want to get saved. How many of you will doubt that if he prays and receives Jesus as his Lord and Savior, 
God may not want to save him. God may not. What if God doesn't want to save him? Is it possible? Why? Why is it not possible? Yes. Amen. Anyone that comes to him, he will save. Anyone that is sick in him, he will heal. Same confidence. You know why this one is more confident about that? Because that is what has been preached the most. Faith commit by what? And hearing? So we all know that God is not in the business of saying, you I will save, you I won't save. We know that. But do you know it's the same sacrifice that procured your healing? So how come we are not confident like that, that it will heal? Are you seeing my point? It's the same sacrifice that procured your, your prosperity. Because he became sin on the cross. He became poor on the cross. He took your sickness and disease. So how come it's only one you know about, the others you don't know? Because anybody who comes to him, he will say, yeah. but do you know it's the same sacrifice that procured healing? Uh-huh. So how come he heals some and he doesn't heal some? Yeah. The same sacrifice procured your prosperity. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell you? But you have not heard so much of the others. You've only heard of salvation. Mm-hmm. So your faith is strong. Mm-hmm. That if Jesus, if anybody comes to me and say, I want to be saved, he said, receive Jesus. You know he's saved. Mm-hmm. Is it true? Mm-hmm. Well, time to know that healing is available. Yeah. With the same confidence. Yes. Well, you know well, how you're going to develop that confidence? Faith coming by what? Yeah. And by what? Yeah. The word of God. So you need to now go and be hearing the word of God on healing, hearing the word of God on so many things. That's why we make products available for people to buy so that they can keep hearing. Mm-hmm. Are you catching the message now? Do you know it's the same principle for everything that he has made available? Yeah. Some of you don't really believe that he took your sickness. Mm. I don't think you do. Okay, at what point did he take your poverty? Mm. Was it when he was on earth having a treasurer? At what point did he take your poverty? On the cross. He said, I thirst. At what point did he take your sin on the cross? At what point did he take your sickness on the cross? So how come it's only one thing that we know about? We leave the others. By the way, the Greek word for salvation, sozo, it's an all-encompassing word. It means deliverance. It means so many more things than just Going to heaven. Religious devils will tell you, you have nothing on earth as long as you can make heaven. Mm. And you will say, yes, hallelujah. Even if I suffer in this world, at least I will make heaven. I call that old school. Uh (laughs) There is new school, but I prefer to be in balanced school. New school deals with revelation. But balance school takes from the old and the new and combines it together. Mm. Why? Old school has its limitation. New school has its limitation. But balance school takes the good of both and makes it a reality. Mm. Say amen. amen. Okay, so enough of my introduction. Have you got anything out of the introduction?
you, you look like you have gotten something now. The way I'm looking at you, yes. So today we're going to look at leadership. And I'm going to link it up with stewardship and servanthood. And I'm going to go through some of those things slowly so that you can catch it. Say loud, amen. amen. The first scripture here for stewardship is Luke 10 from verse, Luke 16 from verse 10 to 13. It says, he that is faithful in very little is faithful also in much. He who is dishonest and unjust, I'm reading from the Amplified, is dishonest and unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the case of unrighteous mammon, deceitful riches, money, possessions, who will entrust to you the true riches? What are true riches? Should I tell you? What money can't buy? <laughs> true riches. But we don't have time to expound on that. And if you have not proved yourself faithful in that which belongs to another, whether God or man, who will give you that which is your own? No servant is able to serve true masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will stand by and be devoted to the one and despise you. You cannot serve God and mammon. Say amen. You cannot serve God and mammon. Riches or anything in which you trust on and which you rely upon. Now, I went through these stewardship principles. But I, like I said today, I want to talk about leadership. And then we'll link it up with stewardship. What is leadership? Leadership is the capacity to influence others through inspiration, motivated by a passion, generated by a vision, produced by a conviction, ignited by a purpose. (laughs) I'll say it two more times. Leadership is the capacity to influence others through inspiration, motivated by a passion, generated by a vision, Produced by a conviction and ignited by a purpose. Let me say it one more time. <laughs> leadership. You see, some authors say that leadership is influence. They are right. But this one, I like it because it more elaborates. It says leadership is the capacity to influence. Everybody say capacity to influence. In other words, leadership is not just telling somebody what to do. Leadership is the capacity to what? Then it didn't stop there. It says you influence others through inspiration. In other words, people will interact with you and they will be inspired by something in you so that your influence upon their lives will be real. Then it says you will influence others through inspiration and you will be motivated by a passion generated by a Vision produced by a conviction ignited by a purpose. In other words, your influence is through inspiration. Your influence is motivated by a passion. And your influence is generated by a vision. And your influence is produced by a conviction. And your influence is ignited by a purpose. Do you get it now? Do you get it now? That's leadership. Where do you think I got that from? Miles Monroe's books. Late Miles Monroe. That's what he wrote. From the creation and the blessing of Adam and Eve, you can tell that God designed for them to be leaders, to be stewards, and to be servants. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So, you need to know that the creation and blessing of God on mankind shows they were designed to be leaders. Discovering and developing their leadership potential is what brings fulfillment in their lives. Your ability to influence other people. 
Now, Jesus Christ, immediately when he came on earth, he said he didn't come to be served. He came to be a servant. That's found in Mark 10, I think, verse 45. So, I want you to see here that we are dealing with leadership as an influence. But what is the thing that that influence is about? Inspiration, conviction, passion, purpose. That's what generates this influence in your life. So the question you must ask yourself as a leader is, what vision am I pursuing? Where does my passion lie? And am I inspiring enough? You see, leadership is not, there's what we call positional leadership. Let me, let me start with that one. If you were told today, you are the deacon in charge of the choir. Who is the deacon in charge of the choir here? Are you the one? Okay. And my eyes are on you now. <laughs> so, before I go, let me know who you are. <laughs> so, if they told somebody you are the deacon in charge of the choir, and all the person does is, hey, you, sing alto. Hey, you, sing tenor. Hey, you, sing bass or bass. That is positional leadership. Is that true? But if that same person begins to integrate with the members of the choir and he begins to let them know that he's here for their highest good he begins to let them know that I am here to help you to be all that God wants you remember what I said yesterday that we are here to serve what? the purpose of God in the lives of people now when that person begins to interact at that level what happens? the people now begin to give that person the authority to lead them Am I making sense? Before then, the person was appointed to lead them. But now, the person has earned the right to lead them. Do you understand leadership now? Now, I know this is not a, a strange subject because I've seen most of you, I've come to this church many times and I've seen leadership exemplified. So I'm not teaching you something that I think you've never heard. I'm just putting words to what you are doing. But all I'm saying is this, that you should learn that leadership is an ongoing thing, even over the lives of your children, yeah. over the lives of people around you. You are to conduct your life in a way that will inspire others to want to listen to what you have to say. Is somebody hearing me here? That is leadership. That is how you begin to understand it. So we're going to look at some scriptures, but let me just say this and then we build it on. Jesus was talking when he talks about leadership or servanthood. He said in Luke chapter 22 from verse 24, it says, an eager contention arose among them as to which of them is considered and reputed to be the greatest. But Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles are, de are deified by them and exercise lordship, ruling as emperor gods over them. And those in authority over them are called benefactors and well-doers. But this is not to be so with you. On the contrary, let him who is the greatest among you become like the youngest, and him who is the chief and leader like one who serves. For who is the greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is, not, is it not the one who reclines at the table, but I am in your midst as one who serves? Say loud, amen. amen. I want you to know that from the outset of this subject of leadership, human beings are meant to be the beneficiaries of what God has invested in you. Am I talking? Yes, Am I talking? Yes. You see, 
once again, we're back to nature, not your culture. Depending on your nature, your nurture, your culture. Do you know that many people only see what their parents did to raise them? They never underwent anything to change how they were raised. So they repeat the same mistakes with their own children. Mm. Is it true? Okay. Is it true? Mm-hmm. And then they wonder why their children are turning out the way they turned out. Yeah. But they didn't understand that they were meant to have learned some things to change the way they themselves saw themselves so that they can influence their children differently. Am I talking here? You know, in Africa, we beat our children to submission. Talk to me somewhere. Some of us still do it. That's nothing wrong when a child is quite young. But you must know the transition a child goes through, whereby you get to a point where you now advise the child. No longer say, I am your father. Do what I say. And that's the problem of leadership in Africa. You know, everybody says the problem in the world today is leadership. Is that not true? Is it not true? Okay. If there's going to be a new leader appointed, it's not going to be one of the people in the land. If nobody has been developing their leadership, he's not going to go there and do the same thing. So if you are not going to produce a leader in your own home, and you are not a leader yourself, what's the hope for the nation? What's the hope? We can blame anybody. We can blame anybody. Ah, they have come. They have come to steal our money. Should I tell you why they steal the money? Because of poverty. Poverty is not lack of money. Did you hear me? Poverty is not what? Because if poverty was lack of money, when they came into the money, poverty will no longer control them. Poverty is still controlling them when they are in the money, so they embezzle as much as they can because of the spirit of poverty. Should I give you another side journey on what poverty is? Poverty has, you see, poverty is a spirit. It's like a principality. You know, Paul didn't say cast out principality. Mm-hmm. You know what he said? Talk to me. What did he say in Ephesians 6? We rest cast waiting. You can't cast principalities. You what? He was not joking when he said wrestling. If you watch a wrestling match, today this one is up. The next time this other one is on top of you. That's wrestling. Principalities don't get cast out. They are to be wrestled down. Benny, they have to be subdued. Not if you don't. I'm serious. See, a lot of us don't know poverty. You know why I know? Go to India. Go to Africa. Go to some poor places in the world. You will see certain characteristics that are similar. That tells you that is the spirit of poverty controlling them. Am I talking? Wastefulness. Uh Not having enough, mm-hmm. not valuing what they have. Those are the traits of this principality called poverty. Eating up everything that everybody should have so that we can be back to zero. So when we say the spirit of poverty, you are not, you're not just saying, eh, people are poor, people are poor. You don't understand. There is a principality called poverty. Uh-huh. That is supervising everybody that allows him to be supervised. Yes. And then he will render you back to zero. Because that is his own assignment on the yes. earth. Yes. 
a sincerely activated, a apostolically activated believer will know how to sense the climate, cultivate a lifestyle that prevents that thought from entering you. So you function in that environment without being touched by that environment. That is apostolic Christianity. What do we have today? Everybody's thinking the thoughts that are prevailing. Poverty. You see, why should a man who has come into wealth embargo so much so that when you leave office, there's nothing there again? Spirit of poverty says, let's wreck everything before you go. And he listens and he wrecks. Mm -hmm. Am I talking here? How many of you are getting something out of this? See, don't, you see, when when you get poverty from the angle of they don't have, that's superficial. There's a principality that governs poverty. Mm. It's looking down. Should I give you another one? There's a principality that governs immorality. That's right. Your wife is not good enough. Where do you think that thought is coming from? They call them principality because they generate principles that govern people's yeah. lives. So when I say change nature, not your culture, you have to change the principle that is governing your own thought pattern where that subject is concerned. When you inject the word of God, the goal is not so that you can quote it, everybody will know you know the Bible, but it's to change something here. So you stop thinking like the prevailing thought. Am I making sense? Husbands are scarce. Where did they come from? I'm trying to relate with what is prevailing here. You know, there are not many good men. You just lied to yourself. My own God says he supplies your need. There is one for you. Heaven made. Telegraphed to your environment. If you will enter into some level of relationship, they will transfer the bobo from wherever he is. And he will show up in your church. And he will locate you. Why? Because you have refused to let the prevailing mindset to govern your thoughts. Is somebody hearing me? You see, a lot of times we think it's just external, external. No, it is first of all internal. There are some prevailing mindsets. Ah, in this country, just anything they say, say minus me. Because whatever they say, is for everybody else who doesn't have Christ and everybody else who even though they have Christ have not been activated apostolically uh-huh. to know how to handle things. Yes. Look at this man called Philip. Mm. He left one place, went to Samaria. Uh-huh. Bible says persecution scattered them, right? Uh-huh. How come he did not go there and say, oh God, <laughs> what have we done wrong? God, what have we done that you led persecutions? Is that what he said? No. Guy got there and he was preaching the word. Yeah. You know why? In, in Jerusalem church, they didn't allow prevailing mindsets mm. to govern their thoughts. So they came out of Jerusalem into Samaria and demonstrated what they carried. How many of you think that when miracles were taking place, then the guy is still looking for where to live? They will supply his house. Seek ye first the kingdom, everything will be added. Am I talking here? You see, we need to understand, when I read through the book of Acts, I'm not seeing normal Christianity. I'm seeing apostolic Christianity. 
I'm seeing people who have been activated apostolically. You should enter a territory and you should descend this, the things that are there. Uh-huh. And you just build a guard around your heart. And say, those thoughts are not permitted here. Now, that's a Christian. Yeah. That is a what? That's right. Listen, every thought that the demonics release, they have evidence to confirm it. Yes. So it's not a matter of, you see what I said, the evidence is here, the ev- a confirmation. Don't need any confirmation. Mm. If you're looking for you, we find. Uh-huh. Am I talking? Uh-huh. When I came into this country, I didn't come with the mindset of an average African. Mm. I'm a new creature. Mm-hmm. All things are what? You might look superior because of your color change. And you're not superior to me because I belong to the highest cadre of human existence. It's called new creation. Say amen. And because I'm not... I I didn't come into it with the mind of, I'm a new creature, you cannot... No, no, no. I'm just a normal person, but I know who I am. So if you want to control me because you think you're superior, you met the wrong person. Yeah. Why? Because I know the limits of my culture. Mm. I can tell the limits of yours. Yeah. And you need to hear the limits of your yeah. own yeah. so you can be a better person. Uh-huh. And I can tell you because I'm not ashamed of the limits of my own. Yeah. So I'm a new creature. Mm-hmm. I don't walk like I'm a new creature, but you know, man must survive. Mm-hmm. I'm a new creature, but you know how things are. Mm-hmm. No, there's no how things are. Is it I'm a new creature? I am not. Mm. I'm a new creature. I've changed my thought patterns. I've changed my expectation. Mm. I've changed my lifestyle mm. to reflect the new creature. So heaven responds to me right. because I'm a new creature. Mm-hmm. Am I talking? Yeah. But many of you have entered UK and you have mingled with the wrong mindset. You know, man must survive a little bit of light telling here, a little bit of deception. You know how things are. I don't. I don't know how things are. You know how things are because you got yourself involved. If you separate yourself to the word of God, God will show you how things really are. Same. I know if you still love me in this place. <laughs> They will show you how things really are. And how things really are is available to you. Did you hear what I'm saying? Why am I going in this direction, Seth? I want to try and follow my outline, but, you know, God will help us. Amen. Say loud, amen. In Mark 10, Jesus said, you know those who are recognized as governing and are supposed to rule, lord it over them. And there are great men exercise authority, but it's not so among you. Whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your what? Servants. And whoever wishes to be important and first in rank, let him be your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to, to, to have service rendered to him, but to serve and to give himself as a ransom for many. Say amen. amen. Faithfulness is necessary as a servant leader. What is faithfulness? Shall I tell you what I understand faithfulness to be? It is commitment beyond convenience. Faithfulness is what? Commitment, when it is no longer convenient, is called faithful. When faithfulness is beyond anything else, it's called loyalty. Say amen. God expects you to be what? Faithful. No, let's start with faithful. That's what God expects you to be. A faithful person. 
So let me go through my stewardship and then I will let you go. Say amen. amen. You are called to be a leader and you don't need a title. Did you hear me? You don't need what? Say, so until they make me deacon or pastor, I'm not yet a leader. No, you are a leader. Yes. Because you're already influencing somebody. Am I talking here? I read a book, uh, uh, Leaders Without Title. And he said he met a lady who was cleaning a hotel. And she said, I treat my job as if every guest of the hotel is my personal guest. The same guy met a driver in New York who was the driver of a taxi. He said, I treat my business as if this is the best thing I can ever do. And I give my best. You know what that tells me? You don't need a title to be a leader. All you need to do is to give your best at every given time. And if you give your best, it will not be too long before you rise. Because you will always rise to the level that you belong to. Am I talking here? But you see, what makes people not give their best? Nature, not your culture. What makes you not give your best? Thought patterns. What makes you not give your best? How you see yourself. Am I talking here? How you see yourself. If you don't see yourself in a positive way, if you don't see yourself the way God sees you, you will not give your best because you will be wanting to impress people, not give your best as unto the Lord. You know, I said yesterday, I said, God is your source. You remember that? Let me tell you the secret behind that. You see me, I'm sweating now. Am I sweating? I, I, I don't mind giving you my best. Why? Because I'm doing it as unto the Lord. Yeah. Did you catch that? He said, whatever you do, Colossians 3 says so, do it as unto, for from the Lord you will receive your reward of inheritance. You know what that tells me? If you give your best at every given time, you are a leader waiting to be recognized. (laughs) But even before they recognize you, you're already satisfying God's condition for leadership. But when you take leadership, add it with stewardship, add it with servanthood, my goodness, not only would you be fulfilled in life, you will be affecting so many more lives and heaven will reckon with you mm. whenever the need arises. Mm. Mm. Am I talking here? Right. You see, a lot of us don't understand there are certain privileges that belong to those who know these things and operate in them. Mm-hmm. Stewardship has to do, like I said yesterday, everything has potential to increase. Wow. That means that even you, you can be better than what you are today. Mm. Everything around you has potential to increase. Do you know the Bible says if one shall put a thousand, one to, uh, a thousand to flight, two will put what? Ten thousand. That means that if there's a quality relationship, two people can do more for the kingdom of God and yes. destroy more of the kingdom of darkness just because they are building a healthy relationship. Am I talking here? Mm. But you know what I found out? None of these things happen automatically. They have to be pursued with deliberate intentions. Am I talking? You're not going to suddenly become a steward until you learn what stewardship is about. You are? It's not going to be, you know, how am I going to be a steward of something I don't know how God intends for it to develop? I don't know. That's why ignorance is, how did you put it, sir? Uh, uh, Sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. Nothing as bad as that. You can be sincerely religious and live in ignorance. 
If you want to know what religious priests want to do, is to keep people in ignorance. Am I talking here? Listen, there is a way God ordained for marriage to develop. There is a way God ordained for children to grow. There is a way God ordained for you to become more of who God has called you to be. Discover them in the Bible and commit yourself to them. A man called Joshua, called of God, anointed by Moses put hands on him. When God was to speak, he said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You will meditate therein. Why must he do those things when he's already called, anointed, and he's already positioned to do those things? Why must he add those things to what he was supposed to do? Listen, your destiny awaits your personal development. Mm. Yes. Nobody approaches destiny uh-huh. with undeveloped potential. Correct. Did you hear me, sir? Mm. Your destiny. When one of these days, God will do it. It's not only up to God. It's not only up to God. Yes. Your destiny awaits your developed potential. Yes. Am I talking? Mm. So, uh, I don't know why God allowed this to happen to me. You better know now. <laughs> you better know. Uh-huh. Find out how God ordained for it to be. Mm. Commit yourself to mm. it. You will grow. Do with all your heart. Mm. You are a steward. Do you know you are a steward of 24 hours every day? Mm. So, what did you do with the last 24 hours? Mm. And that 24 hours will never come back again. It's gone. So, if you don't have a vision, you don't have a plan, you don't have anything you want to do with your life, guess what will happen? Those 24 hours will be coming and going. And all you do is look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm getting older. I'm getting what? Have you noticed that you get older truly? How many of you know you can go to the gym and get younger? Yeah, that's right. So you don't know. Why? Because the way you are nurtured is, you know, when I'm 40, I'm not a young boy again, no. By the time I'm 45, you know, age is catching up on me. Some of us are over 50 and we're still looking young. What's the difference? Uh Knowledge. Somebody says, (laughs) uh, uh, auntie, auntie, you know that at age 40, you are not a young girl again. Who told you? Who told you? It's what society told you. You believe it. Amen, oh. Amen, oh. You see, there are many lies we believe because we don't believe what the Bible says. You are a steward. Didn't the Bible say the years that the Kankan woman the Pama have stolen? God will restore. You can say a big amen to that. How will he restore it? How, 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 how? It's through this kind of thing I'm saying. You apply yourself to it, there will be restoration. Am I talking? You see, many things are, all of you, so many, I can sense that many of you are waiting for God to do one wonderful thing. Ah! God will do it. Listen. Listen. God wants to do many great things. Many. You know, when the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment, he didn't say, my power has healed you. He said, your faith has made you whole. 
You know what that teaches me? The power is readily available. It is the connection of faith that yeah. transmits the power. Yeah. You say, I don't know whether God wants me to prosper. No, now. Mm-hmm. He wants you to prosper. Right. But you know what he doesn't want you to do? To have mammon as your God. Mm-hmm. In other words, he doesn't want you to look to material things as your sense of significance. Mm-hmm. He wants you to build your relationship as the basis mm-hmm. of your significance. Mm-hmm. That's what mammon is about. Mammon comes into, money comes to you and you start saying, if you know the kind of money I have, you're already worshipping mammon. Am I talking? If you understand the way God wants you to handle money, he will commit more into your hand because it doesn't move you. He, He knows that the things that move you are your relationship with him. That's the secret of increase. Are you receiving something? Okay, let me just give you the scriptures and then I will let you go because we have tomorrow. To Tomorrow, my subject is the man Jesus. Mm-hmm. Wow. Whoever gave me that subject, thank you. Because it helped me discover the man Jesus better. Mm-hmm. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? Okay, so what scriptures can we take home today that would help us? I've told you Mark 10, Luke 16, Luke 10. When a certain lawyer tried to tempt Jesus, who is, my, who is my neighbor? And Jesus told him a story and then he let him know that the one whose need you rise up to need, that's your neighbor. Mm. And he says you should love your neighbor. It's found in Luke 10. You can check it up later. Luke 10, that's your neighbor. Mm. So brothers and sisters, I want to leave you with the thoughts of this. That the worldview of biblical stewardship is that you utilize all Utilize and manage all resources God provides for the glory of God and the betterment of his creation. That's stewardship. All the resources God provides, utilize it for his glory and for the betterment of his creation. Can you imagine that every one of you, there is a part that God has given you to contribute to another person's life? Can you believe that? Talk to me. Can you believe that? There's something in every one of us right now that is uniquely yours to contribute to another person's life. But that's something Satan wants to pervert it, pollute it. But if you submit it to God and let him purify it through the washing of the water by the word, you can be a blessing to the human race beyond your wildest imagination. I want to ask you a thought as I close. How many of you have ever thought, why is it that Paul's letters are still speaking till today? Mm. After Paul is dead. True? Well, how come his letters are still speaking? Shall I tell you? Because when he was writing those letters, he was not writing them with the motive of being known as a big apostle. Mm. His motive was pure. Neither was he writing them with the mind of a carnal human being. Mm -hmm. He was completely submitted to God. Mm -hmm. And whatever God produces through that kind of life, it is up to God to make it last longer than the lifetime. Mm -hmm. Overcomes the world. Now watch this. Paul had an encounter on the road to Damascus. Is it true? What did he say at the end of the day? Lord, what would you have me do. How many of you know that was a complete 180 degrees turnaround? Is it true? Yeah. 
How many of you know that for Peter, it didn't happen once. It was a process. You know what I love about God? He doesn't want you to be like somebody else. Where you are, in what you are going through, yields to him. Jesus, you know what I love about Jesus? There was not one person that met Jesus. And Jesus compared him with somebody else before he ministered to him. Somebody met Jesus and said, my servant is sick. Please come and pray. He didn't say, ah, you, you don't have faith like the centurion who said, speak my word only. Did you notice Jesus didn't say that? He followed him. Why? Wherever you are in right now, don't compare yourself with another person. Focus on the Lord Jesus and yield yourself to him. Am I making sense? Paul had his own encounter. Boom! He turned around. Peter! It took him a long time until when he denied him and he came to an end of himself. Jesus said, you will deny me. He said, no way, I will die for you. Was he lying? No. He thought he could look to himself to show his love for Jesus. So when he got to that point, he came to a total end of himself and he said, ah! You don't love Jesus with just human love. Mm. It's the love that God gives you. You know how I know Peter came to an end of himself? Acts chapter 3. He said, look on us. Silver or gold have I known, but such as I, what? I, in the name of Jesus. Verse 12 of Acts chapter 3. He said, why look on us as if by our own holiness we made this man? The guy came to an end. He came to an end of himself. He came to what? He came to a complete end of himself. Why? He submitted completely to Jesus. And Jesus could take hold of him and use him for his glory. My prayer is that you will submit completely. That no matter what you are going through in your own process, don't say, eh, we are all together in it. No, no. Look at where you are and let Jesus help you where you are, Mm. so that he can deliver you from your nature, not your culture, and bring you into the place of wholeness in him so you can be the true leader, the true servant, and the true steward he has called you to be. Mm. Have you received something today? Be upstanding as we pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you. Thank you for those things that you've given us grace to speak. I pray, that Lord, you will confirm your word in the lives of your people. That Lord, your people will never remain the same again. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. And the people say aloud, Amen. Amen. And the people say aloud, Amen. Amen. Were you blessed at all? I got some many things from the Lord. I wanted to pray. The Bible says, do not be hearers of the word only, but be ye doers of the word. What you heard today did not come from intellectual speech. It came from the inspiration. The right word for the right time. You are going to pray and tell God. Let every word I had tonight change my life. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. While you were speaking, God, I wrote down things 
Let the things that I have heard today, the lessons I have learned today, let it change my life. Let it transform my life. Tell the Lord I want to see the truth of it. As I leave this place tonight, Father, beginning from this hour, let the word transform my life. Let the word transform my life. Let the word change my orientation. I have been nurtured. Let my culture change. Let my nature change to what you have nurtured me tonight. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Transform my family by what I've heard. Transform my work, my business. One of the things the man of God said, the day you spend, you will never spend it again. Pray and tell God, help me to maximize every opportunity you throw to me. Tell the Lord, I want to see visible changes and transformation. Evident manifestation. Help me to use all the resources for your glory. The resources you have given to me. All the abilities you have given me. Help me to use it to your glory. Help me to use them to transform the lives of other people. Enable me to affect many people in my generation. Transforming and influencing them into God. Tell God. Help me to be faithful. He said faithfulness is commitment beyond convenience. Help me to be loyal to you. Whether that is difficult or whether it is easy. Help me to be sincere unto my call. Tell the Lord, if you have not discovered your calling, tell God it is time for me now to find it out. If you have discovered your calling, tell God, enable me to be faithful in serving. Help me to be faithful in serving. Oh, Father God. Enable me to be acquainted with the knowledge of your word. That is the spirit of revelation. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, we pray thee. Father, we exalt and magnify your holy name. In Jesus' anointed name we are prayed. I can hear your amen. The Bible says flesh gives back to flesh. Spirit gives back to spirits. That is the reason why it is written, as many who received him, God gave them the power to be called sons of God. And in Romans chapter 8, 29, it says those of us who have been predestined, those of us who have been called, have been predestined to be conformed to Christ, to the image of the Son. And the Son said in the book of John 17, John 17 verse 18, it says, the glory the Father has given, I have given it to you. Now we are going to pray, Lord, let me manifest like Christ in my generation. Tomorrow we are going to be looking into Jesus. When I was seeking God about what uh, uh, Reverend was speaking about, all those topics that I was speaking about, God gave me, gave them to me and told me to tell him to speak about them. I didn't allow any committee to deal with that. I sought God as the chairman of all the men. 
got those information from God and gave him those topics. Now tomorrow he's going to dive into the deep about who Jesus Christ is. You know that is my favorite lecture. Unless Jesus said, unless the corn will fall to the ground, a grain of corn will be detached from his comfort and fall to the ground, he abides alone. The time has come. Well, all what God is saying here is so deep. You know, when I was hearing him, you know what came to my mind? Next year, I'm going to change your, your program. I'm going to do workers' convention and invite Reverend back. I would mean now. I expect, I wish all my workers all over the world are here tonight to hear what heaven is saying. You see, one of the problems with many of us is this religious spirit and revelation. You have to distinct yourself. You have to make up yourself, your mind that you don't want to be religious. You cannot remain in one class and get out of university and graduate. It's impossible. Somebody has to move on on a daily basis. Your achievement in God must be quantified on a daily basis, really hourly basis. You are going to tell God, give me the, 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 the strength today to disconnect myself from everything that debars me from falling to the ground. It says, unless the grain falls to the ground, if you remain in that corn, you take a whole corn, you cannot grow. But when they remove that grain of, of maize from his mother corn and they dump him under the ground, alone, he will, he, he will, when he becomes alone under the ground, that is when he begins to produce. Some of you need to come down. Every spirit of pride in me, destroy. Everything that hinders me from falling to the ground, as Christ has said, so that I may grow. That which is in me can be manifest and be useful. Lord, take them out of me. Let's just pray. I want to be a blessing. I want to be the food for others. Everything that is hindering me from falling to the ground and then growing. Take them away from me. The spirit of pride. The spirit of self-consciousness. The spirit of religion. Tell God, help me to have revelation knowledge of you. The more revelation of Christ that you have, the more Christ you can operate. Pray and tell the Lord Jesus, I want to be like Jesus Christ 24-7. Lord, disconnect me from everything. Every weight that holds me back, call, call them. Superfluity of nothingness. Tell the Lord, bring them away from me. Disconnect me from attitudes that hinder me to be a servant in the house of the Lord. Oh Lord God, Rambosika Baledosa. Father, I pray thee. In Jesus' anointed name we have prayed. The last prayer I want to pray is this. You know, uh, Today I was discussing with my son. We were just together and I began to chat, chat, chat with him. Because any time that I'm free with him, when he's not reading and I'm also free, I always exchange my knowledge with him so that he can be more equipped. And I was telling him that, son, listen to what I'm saying now. I said, every condition that happened to a man on earth should not hinder the program for the season. I said to him, son, Many people always shy away from challenges. I say confront your challenges and master your challenges. Do not allow your challenges to hinder what you are programmed to do. 
I said there are some problems in life you ignore. Because they are not substantial, neither do they hinder you from what you should be, what you are, and what you want to achieve. They are detraction from hell. And these are the things that waste human life. And I told them also, the hour you miss today, you will never gain it till eternity. I said, so, to be successful in God, you must make the maximum use of every hour. You must be accountable to your life, to your living. I told him, son, it is easy to succeed in life extraordinarily, but these are the principles. Things that happen before you on earth, even if they are tragedies, even if they are sorrowful, even if they are, they are not uh, you know, in line with what you want to hear, learn how to master them, isolate them, and see fulfill your duty for the day. Then you come back to those thoughts. Don't let anything hinder you. Don't let external things dictate for you your own life. You tell the world what is of you, what you must be. Tell the time, how you spend them. Do not waste your time any minute because you will never recover a minute you waste in life forever. And make the most of your time. You want to pray. Do you know what I will say is responsible for that? The spirit of consciousness. To be conscious every hour, every minute. Who you are, what you are, who you ought to be, where you are going, what you ought to do. We're going to pray. And that is the, 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 the uh, word of um, Ephesians 1, uh, 17. That the Lord will fill with the spirit of knowledge, okay, and wisdom or insight of Christ. The same thing, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness, but through our knowledge of Christ who saved us. So we're going to pray that, Lord, help me to make the most of my time. Help me to make the most of my time. Listen to this one. I said to my son that many people make decisions in life, but they never begin. I said once you begin, you step into what you want to do. I said you have left some people behind. Are we together? The greatest fear of many is to start. I will, I will, I will. If you have started four years ago, like pastor said, God needs us to acquire some things. For him to be able to position us in some years to come where he wants us to be. If the year comes that God wants to make you a managing director and you have not really acquired anything to it, maybe gate man will still remain a gate man. There was a man who was a messenger in Nigeria. And that man ended up his life becoming the governor of Central Bank of Nigeria. As the minister of the Central Bank. Though he was raised as, as, you know, he was taken from his village to come and be a messenger at home. But the master who took him as a messenger sent him to school and treated him like a child because he was loyal and faithful. After some time he said, no, this one is not a messenger. There is a future in this man. And he sent him to school. And he never failed. He never got less than force. He became... The governor, we're going to pray. Tell the Lord, enable me to make the most of my time. Every way the devil tries to detract me, do not let them overcome me. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Help me to be able to discern so that I will set my heart on the substance that the devil will not waste my life any longer. I will not subscribe to anything that will waste my time. 
Enable me to be conscious of who I am, what I am, where I'm going, what I should do. So that any negative influence outside me will not hinder me from what I ought to achieve or ought to be. Tell the Lord, the Bible said the whole creation waits with eager expectation for the manifestations of the sons of God. Help me, Lord, to act every day. Help me, Lord, to be on the move every day. Every dream you have given up, tell God, enable me to come back to it now. This convention will make a difference. Oh, sovereign one, we thank you, Father God. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Please, let's be seated. Let me say this to you. I want to announce this myself. Pastor came with some materials. You know that I don't always say things like this. If, if anybody come and he's not a good book writer or he's not a good teacher, I will tell you that he appreciates well, but his books are nothing to buy. Okay? But I'm telling you, if you hear him, you will discover that there is much more he will have shared with you. But the time is short. And when he starts talking about it, he will soon cut off from that and then go to other things because he has to go through other things. Alright? But if you go out there and buy the materials, either it is DVD or it is book that he has written, you will get more information. And so I want to say to you when we close today, go there.